Okay, Podsters, this is it. This is your tipping point, your moment to take action or live with never knowing what could have been. We all have that thing that we know we are meant to do that scares us, that we're not sure we can do, and that we know we need a little help doing. My Do the Thing Fall Retreat is happening October 13th through 15th in where else? Cape Cod, in the tranquil seaside town of Chura, where I've hand-selected a beach house for nine like-minded women to get together and do the thing. You already know that there's a life waiting for you on the other side of this thing. And this powerful, intimate two-and-a-half-day workshop is exactly what you need. If you don't do it now, you probably never will. Don't live with regret. Do the thing. Click the link. Fill out the very brief application. Let's hop on a call because I want to make sure it's the right fit for you. Together, let's do the thing. Hey, Podsters. It's Nancy Madoff and Beth Knaus here to change the conversation around women in confidence with actionable tools, real-life stories, humor, kindness, and the occasional shenanigans. We are fired up. We are calling things as we see them, and we are not holding back. We have a bullshit button, and we're not afraid to use it. We have used it in the past. I'm Nancy Medoff, keynote speaker, executive coach, and best-selling author who literally wrote the book on women in confidence. I'm Beth Knaus, creative copywriter, personal messaging consultant who helps business owners use their unique voice to bring in more ideal clients. So here's what's up. If you're done playing it safe, you're tired of your own narrative, and you're ready to step into your authenticity, you're in the right place. If you're looking for a weekly shot of confidence and the occasional truth bomb, you're also in the right place. So buckle up, friends, and get ready to feel empowered and inspired as together we build our confidence toolkit and empower women everywhere to speak up and get their seat at the table and then build a bigger table. Hello. Hey there. How's it going? So good. So good. Nice. What's your favorite thing about summer? Random, random question. I like how much daylight there is, to be honest, because as soon as it gets dark in the winter, I like want my pajamas and the couch. So I'm definitely a little more productive in the summer, I think, in some ways. Okay, great. How about you? Two things. Peaches. Yum. And a good peach. And I like the lazy days. Like I have, I have taken more naps in the past two or three weeks. It's wild. Wild. I like Great. a nap. And I, I think I'm going to up level on the peach. I really adore white flesh nectarines. Well, it's interesting you say that because I was going to clarify when I mean peach, I mean a white hard peach. <gasps> wow. Yes. I don't like the, I don't like the mushy ones. Well, no, it's got to be, be just before ripe, right? Mm -hmm. right? And the, yeah, the nectarines, if it's the right one. I'm with you. I'm with you, sister. Yeah, and cherries. Oh, my God, I love cherries. So good. Yeah. Anyway, okay. we digress, podsters. <laughs> so this is hot. This is super timely, wicked hot. Beth, what are we talking about today? We are talking about power skills. Something that everybody needs to develop, but people weren't paying attention to them as much when they were called soft skills. But now they've been recognized as power skills because they bring the power. Thank 
goodness, because for years, if I heard about collaboration and um, empathy and um, uh, advocating for others as a soft skill, I was, I was going to lose it. And by the way, there are many of you listening that are in the same field that I am when it comes to training and development. For the love of all things holy, please stop calling it soft skills. These are power skills. Okay. And yep. this episode is going to talk about why. Boom. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, this is, this is interesting for me on many levels. And I know it is for you as well. But to me, soft skills are emotional intelligence, right? When you read the room, you know, do you know how to use your tone of voice to deliver something in the way that's going to be the most productive on the listener? Um, you know, things like that, like just really being effective in your communications, which of course then makes you effective as a leader. And, you know, people may not like what you have to say, but it doesn't mean that they won't like you because they don't feel beaten down or, you know, any of that stuff um, by someone. So, all right. What do you have to add to that before I go down a, a long path with that? Well, uh, do you want to go down the path or do you want me to add first? No, I want you to add first. Yeah. It is statistically proven that women are hardwired to be better negotiators. And what I mean by that is, as women, our inherent mindset, stay with me, everybody. Our inherent mindset as women lends itself to success in negotiations. Some of what I just talked about, advocating for others, naturally seeking a win-win. There was one other, and I, I can't remember what it is. But anyway, inherently better at negotiating, yet we don't negotiate as well as men. Also statistically proven, right? And the reason this came about is because I think people know I do a women in sales program, which is a program about women in sales. And I was talking to my new BFF, who's a potential client, and she said, can we call this, after our conversation, she said, can we, I want to call this hardwired for success. And I said, okay, well, that's pretty bold. She said, well, that's pretty much what you just told me. <laughs> it's what she believes as well. And I thought about it and I'm like, you know what? She's right. Hardwired to be successful in business. So EQ, like Beth just met, mentioned, emotional intelligence now today, I would suggest is equally, if not more important than some of the other skills that used to be highly valued, like reading a PL or leading a matrix, multifunctional, all the bullshit bingo words. Being able to bring that emotional intelligence and lead a team because of psychological safety at the, in the workplace because people are still raw from COVID, because mental health is, men, the mental health crisis is the worst it's ever been. So what do you think someone wants more? Someone who's going to lead a team where their team feels engaged, they feel valued, and they feel like they're making a difference, or someone who sits in their office can act, manage the team great. You know, they can cut costs, they can look at matrixes and flow charts and fishbones and all the thing, fishbone charts, by the way, that's, I'm dating myself and all the things, 
and manage the business or lead the team? What do you think is more valuable? You know, that's that's a rhetorical question. Of course, it's EQ without a doubt. I mean, if you want people to respond, if you want people to open up or see you as open and able of being trusted, then you have to have that EQ. You have to. And I actually I'm seeing it in play right now. And I'm not going to share too many details about the situation, but I'm going to give you the crux of it. I, I work with someone right now who is very good at tactical skills. Excellent. Excellent at management. Sees, sees the gaps, sees where there's uh, duplication of efforts. Very good at here is the box and let's move the box around, blah, 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 blah. Terrible communicator. And as a result of that is not well-received by their team, by their staff, by the rest of the people that work with them. And it's a problem. Mm -hmm. It's a problem. And it's this person just lacks emotional intelligence. It's not good or bad. It simply is. This is something that's lacking. So let me ask you this, Beth. Do you think you can teach emotional intelligence? I think you can explain what it looks like and what it sounds like. I don't know. Can you, do you think that that's innate? Like, where do we, everybody obviously is born with some level of EQ. So is Or not. That, or, or not. Right. I mean, right. You're right. You are correct. Excuse me, fraudsters. Forgive right. me. Some people are not. But I think there are people who are. But if it's not nurtured in your journey to adulthood, can you learn it at that point? I think you can. I think it's going to be much more challenging. Yeah. So I believe that that it can be learned. I do. I, you know, I have uh, some good friends who teach this. This is their whole platform is EQ. And actually, Podsters, if you're interested, we'll have, we'll have them on to talk about it. And they built a whole business around it. And at this, so I think you can learn it. I also think you can unlearn it. And I think it is culturally situational. So if the company values the power skills, as we're calling them, and emotional intelligence, then great. But if the company, if it's a cutthroat company where get the job done and we don't care and burn them and churn them or whatever, then, then you're, then you're not going to last very long at that company. Or if you do, your EQ skills are probably going to, you're, you're probably going to have to sacrifice some of those. So right. that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. So what this makes me think of is it puts me back to my kids were in high school because I was a hairdresser in my previous life. And so they saw me working all the time. And I knew many parents who would be like, you need A's, you need A's, you need A's, you need A's. How are you going to go to college? How are you going to do this? How are you going to that? Get good grades, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, listen, you're 16, 17 years old. This isn't for me anymore. So you need to decide what you want Mm -hmm. and where you're going to put the time in. And you need to learn to be respectful to people, to pay attention to situations, to listen to other perspectives, to... I was never somebody who cared about A's. I mean, I didn't want, obviously, for my kids to fail, but I wanted them to see the value in success. And the reason I'm saying that is because I did know a few people who were more like, 
you need these grades, you need these grades, you need these grades. But there was no development of that EQ of how do you go out and communicate with people in the world? And my kids have had no problem getting jobs or holding friendships or working through difficult things, right? Like the things I talk about all the time about that I learned from my dad, like I have passed those things on to them because I do feel that if you don't know how to have that EQ and you don't build that EQ, it doesn't matter how many degrees you have, or how bright you are. If you can't connect and relate to people, it's going to be hard. It's much easier if you have the EQ and you're eager to learn, right? And you're ready to, you're motivated to do what you have to do to fulfill, you know, a job description or, or something. There's always room for that. I'm not talking about you wake up tomorrow because you're a nice person. You could be a doctor. I'm not saying that, but. I just think it'll get you further to have your EQ. I do agree. And if you don't, I wouldn't even say eager to learn. I would say, you know, obviously eager to learn, but you don't have to be eager to learn. I would say recognition and uh, like understanding that this is a, this is something that you lack a little humility will go a very, very long way. Mm -hmm. Very long way. Like, yeah. I, I'm I'm sorry I miss that. Sometimes I miss. Sometimes I can't pick up. Sometimes I don't pick up on social cues, or some so and so tells me that sometimes I can be a bit obtuse or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And by the way, this is not male or female. This is just right. any, plenty of plenty of plenty of you know switching it around. And to me, that's about like you said, the communication. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with making a mistake or having a flaw. The the challenge comes when you put in your head in the sand and either you don't admit it or you don't recognize it or you, you know, try to cover it over. The, the, right. the easiest way to diffuse a situation, like let's say I made a huge mistake. The, the easiest way to diffuse it is for me to say, you know what? You're right. I, I, did, I did that. And that was not good. Right. Own it. Own it. Right. Right. Own it. Okay. So that was another little rabbit hole there. The balance. Let's talk about the balance. Okay. Because oftentimes women will, when they're negotiating, again, statistically proven, women will try to overcompensate and be more tough and act like a man. I'm using act like a man in quotes, and it will backfire because they're not being their authentic self. They're not, they're not good at, they're not, they're not being who they are. So they're coming across to, they'll be perceived not coming across. They'll be perceived as too aggressive. They'll be perceived as cutthroat. So what do you think about how to balance someone's power skills and non-power skills? Right. So I think that, I'm going to go back to one of my favorite things, that this definitely has a lot to do with facts and feelings too, because you just talked about a woman overcompensating. I also feel like... <clears throat> I'm thinking specifically like when it comes to writing proposals and I hear a lot of people talking about people who work for themselves writing proposals and it's like, oh, do you think, you know, so-and-so is going to think that this price is too high? Do you think that I'm overcharging for X, Y, Z? Do you think, and it's really factual. What is your time worth? What value are you giving? What's the price you've put on it? 
that is cumulative of so many other things, right? Experience, types of clients you worked with, how quickly you'll get the work done, so many things that are factual. And I think that that definitely plays a part in it. I also think that so much for me is about the other person's perspective. And I see this with people, and this is why a lot of people hire writers, because they think, oh, I'm going to write what I think I should write about my business. And it's like, no, you have to write what your potential client needs and wants to hear about your business. It has to be in the language that they process positively. So you can say what you want to say, but you have to say it, deliver it in the way that's going to be taken in. I feel like that's a big thing, too, is you have to go in and know who you're negotiating with, right? You can tell me if you feel differently and, you know, just read that room. Again, it's like a read the room situation of is this person going to get the hair up on the back of their neck? Are they a jokester? Are they like a lot of things you can look at and say, how do I connect with this person in a mutually relatable way so that I can lay down my my offer and feel good about it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's you, you want to find common ground or either common ground in what you're trying to negotiate or common, some kind of connection. Mm-hmm. Again, I think the challenge is when women overcompensate. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really do. And what's interesting, because I have to catch myself and then I have another thought on this. Okay. I, I had an impromptu dinner with someone I didn't know that well the other night and it was a male and he was incredibly emotionally intelligent, for lack of a better word. He was very attuned to what was going on at the table and he was, he was very vulnerable. Like he shared, he wasn't the tough guy I thought he was. And I remember I was thinking to myself, wow, he's, this, this makes him a good leader. And this was unrelated to this podcast. And I remember I was thinking that this, I bet he's really good at his job. And because I was feeling that he cared about me. I was seeing that he cared. What was really, really interesting. And this guy's about as tough guy as you can come, as you can get. As we were talking about balance, I thought about that. And so for, the, for our male podsters, you know, we, women recognize and appreciate mm-hmm. when the guard comes down and the, the men are vulnerable. We do. And it will go a very long way. Absolutely. Without a Sorry. Go ahead. And I feel like we're talking about women overcompensating. I feel like that can also be the case for men sometimes, right? To come across as a little more authoritative than is necessary. And it probably isn't working for them. Yeah. Yeah. So the flip side of that, what I wanted to say was for women, the balance. Professional doesn't always mean tough. Right. And I have seen a lot, myself included at certain points, a lot of women. I'm like, oh my God, did you, did, like, do you even know what you just sounded like? Like, and they're like, what? I'm like, oh my God. So try to be, instead of being too emotional, become completely unemotional. Mm-hmm. And that, if someone needs to do that to get through whatever it is they're doing, then that's your choice. I think there's a danger there and there's a danger of looking like a robot, looking like a bitch, looking like you're overcompensating, looking like you're trying to be one of the guys. At the end of the day, and I know you agree with me, 
just be you, be your authentic self. Right. Because eventually that's going to come out anyway. So don't yes. you want everybody to know who you are? Exactly. And that's why I love how you wrap these, all these soft skills that exist, these power skills, power skills. Oh. They do kind of end up in three groups, right? I mean, there's personal attributes, which are differentiators. And these are so key, you know? And I think the issue is when you have something like that, that is a power skill, it's something that's a little more innate and natural. So you don't even notice like the power of that thing. And the other thing, like you said, you said personality traits. And I think that I wrote in my notes here, like concrete DNA, right? You're born with personality traits or you develop them because of your family hierarchy. Like you're the middle child, you're the oldest child, you're the youngest child, you're going to develop certain things, right? And those are probably with you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that those change. And then things that fall under your abilities to communicate, which we, we went over. So I really like that they fall, they fall into those three things so people can, can break them up, you know? Yeah. And I, I just thought of something else as we were talking. So I'm, I was coaching someone on a job interview and one of, I have the, what, what are the three things that you want the person to remember about you? Or what are your three strengths? And one of them was empathy. And so think about it. She's going into a job and I do this all the time. Her being an empathetic person is a differentiator. Mm -hmm. She's empathetic. It matters because she can get to the core. She really listens and can get to the core of what's at stake. And think about it. If, right. you're, if you're leading a team and you're naturally empathetic, you're going to know exactly what's going on with everyone because it's who you are. And that is incredibly valuable. Yeah. I feel because. like somebody who's empathetic has the patience to go a little deeper and look at causes and mm -hmm. not symptoms sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Not surface. Yeah. It's not yeah. superficial stuff. It's huge differentiator. Huge. So what do we think is a call to action for our podsters to hone in on their power skills? So I think two things, right? I think when you are in a situation where, I don't know, you're maybe pitching a sale or you're having a conversation with somebody about something difficult at work or challenge that needs to be addressed and to notice two things to kind of really, this is like an observation thing, right? To look at people in the room and if you can label any power skills that are happening and maybe you can question yourself is that a power skill I have? Is that a power skill I want? Let me learn from this person and watch. Or, you know, I think a lot of the times too, like I said earlier, these power skills for us are so innate that if somebody compliments you, we brush it off. And I think we have to really pay attention to what people compliment you on. Right? That's interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. key. Like, a lot of the times when I'm doing like website copy for people, I read their testimonials because they can only tell me so much of what it's like to work with them, mm -hmm. right? But in their testimonials, you can see words that people use to define what the experience is like. Yeah, that's great. That's a really, that's great. And for, the, for, the, for those of you that are in the corporate world, I would say do the same thing with your reviews. You know, when you, when you look at the, I, it's called key, I can't remember the word, key behaviors or whatever the case may be. 
take a look at your past reviews and pull some of those out. And if, 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 if what, what your boss and your coworkers were saying about you resonates, then I would work on that. I would continue to work on them. And here's why, because if somebody's noticing it as a, as a skill or a strength, that's an inherent strength. And it's a lot easier to get better at what you're already good at than to try to compensate for something you're not so great at. Yeah. And that's a big, big component of, of the strengths training and the power positioning statement in the book. So I would say, take a look at that. And the, the only other thing I would say is j- just an awareness with, and just an awareness of how you're showing up and are you showing up as your authentic self? And if you're not, why not? Mm-hmm. And maybe having some, some cold, hard discussions with yourself about that. Right. Right. I feel like a Debbie Downer. Was that a little Debbie Downer-ish? No, not at all. I mean, this is, this is good stuff. Yep. Speaking of women in business. Yes. If you are a woman in business, two, we have two things for you. The first thing is if you're a woman in business and you want to change your business or level up your life and leave your business, leave your career, do the thing if you want to write a book, if you want to get on stage, if you want to make your side hustle your full-time job, if you want to do a complete career change, the Do The Thing retreat is still open. It's October 13th weekend on Cape Cod. There are only eight women coming, and it's a two-and-a-half-day workshops, one-on-one coaching, planning. I'm going to take you through my four-step process on how to do the thing. We're going to do some yoga. We're going to do some walks in the woods. We're going to have some dinners. It's going to be amazing. So the application and the information is in the show notes. And if you're a woman in business and you want to be hired for success, there's nothing more important than networking. Beth, what do you got? So I'm super excited to be starting a Women's Business League chapter in the Mansfield, Mass. area with my friend and colleague Kathleen Lawson. And it's a wonderfully run organization, lots of great relationship building and referrals and some charity work and all kinds of really cool stuff. So if you're interested in learning more, there'll be a link in the bio, a place where you can check out all they have to offer and where to apply if it's something you're interested in and you live near Mansfield, Mass. Fantastic. What are we going to celebrate the end of summer? We're coming up on the end. Hey, hey. We are. It's mid-July, sister. It's Mm mid-July. It's mid-August when when our podsters are hearing this. Oh, you're right. So it's mid-July. I'm sorry, it's Mm mid-August. And would you believe me if I told you that fall is actually my favorite season? I love fall. Love fall. My birthday month is in fall. What? When's your birthday month? October. And my daughter's getting married in my birthday. On your birthday? No, I would kill her. (laughs) But I take the month, as we all know. So, no, October 14th, she's getting married. I allowed her to claim a day in my birthday month. That's very nice of you. That's very altruistic of you. It's very emotionally intelligent of you. Um, Power skills, always power skills. Always. We have some very cool topics coming up. We have some amazeballs guests coming up. 
we have programs coming. We, I mean, I am locked and loaded for, for a, just a kick-ass fall. It's going to be great. I'm ready. ready. You are, I might actually, okay. I don't know if I'm going to do this, but I'm throwing it out there. I might, uh, I might try to not work the whole month of December. What? What? Well, I can't because I have clients, but I meant I have speaking gigs too. Yeah. I might try to wind down. Like I might try to go down to like a modified schedule. What? For the month? I really, 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 really want to just enjoy Thanksgiving and ease. And December is so frenetic. By the way, we're talking about December and August. It's so frenetic. But okay, and we're talking about December and August because if I want to do that, I need to start planning now. And that's what I'm going to do. Yep, that's right. I'll be back. I'll be back with my action plan for that. That's right. So you hit the ground running September, October, halfway through November. That's right. Pull back. I think it's an excellent plan, Nancy. All right. So we done. Links in the show notes. Yep. Let us know what you want to hear, Podsters. And uh, yeah, peace out. Peace out. And that's a wrap. Podsters, we hope, no, we know that you found value in this episode, even if it was one little nugget. And we thank you for listening. So if you found value... Please share it with a friend or two or many if you'd like and send us some feedback about the topics that you want to hear about, episodes that resonated with you, anything. We love to be connected to our podsters. We love it more than anything. Peace out. Hit that follow button. See you next week.